hands right where you're at. Just continue to worship God. Let that play on out. Father God, we thank and praise you. We believe in you right now. We worship your name in this place. You are indeed the God of miracles. Father God, we are indeed, Father God. It's a miracle that we're here, Father God. We thank you uh, for what you did through Jesus, Lord. And we just thank and praise you that the miracle of us having the opportunity to be made right with you, we worship you in that on today. Uh, Father, we give you all the glory, honor, and praise right now for the victory in Jesus' name. Just begin to open up your mouth and just give him praise and worship right now. Just begin to thank God for who he is and what he's, what he's done. Just, just think back and remember what he's delivered you from and what he's brought you out of and just worship him right now for, for who he is and what he's already done. Uh, if you don't have the words to say, just begin to pray in the Holy Ghost right where you're at. Uh, begin to sing in the Spirit. Just begin to, just to give him all the worship, all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Father, we lift our hands in this place and we just worship you on today, Father God. You are the King of kings and you are the Lord of lords. You are Hosanna in the highest. You are the bright and morning star. You are our Savior. You are our grace. You are our truth, Lord. We just worship you in this place on today. We forget about everything else and anyone else, Lord. And we just, we just are excited, Father God, by what, by what you already have done. We thank you in this place right now. Glory into your name, Father God. Glory into your name, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You could have left us where we were at, but you didn't. You delivered us. You healed us. You're fixing us, Lord. You're changing us. We thank you for that, Lord. And we honor you today because of it. We honor you, Jesus. You became sin so we didn't have to. You paid the price so we didn't have to. And we honor you for that. You took the rap so we didn't have to. And we honor you for that today. We don't brush past that. We don't run past that. We thank you on today for your goodness. We thank you, Jehovah. We thank you, Lord. We declare that you are our peace. You are our banner. You are our victory. You are our everlasting God. You are the one who provides for us. You are our source, Lord. And we cry out today saying hallelujah. Hallelujah to you, Lord. Hallelujah to you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Glory unto your name, Father. Glory unto your name, Father. It's all about you, Jesus. It's all about you, Lord. It's all about you, Jesus. You are the Savior. You are the Master. You are the, the one we can depend on. You are the great I am. We thank you, God, for your goodness. Glory unto your name, Father. We worship you in this place. We thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory unto your name, Lord. Glory unto your name, Lord. 
Glory unto your name, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We worship your name in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's all about him. It's all about him. Not just on Easter. Every day, it's all about him. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. It's all about him. We, did, we need a daily help, healthy dose of him. Reminding ourselves of what this whole thing is about. Relationship. Relationship with God. Relationship. You, you may have come in here with situations and with circumstances and with worries and with cares, but it all melts in the presence of God. It all fades away when you think about and are reminded of what Jesus already did. That's why we praise. That's why we worship. That's why we thank. That's why we honor. Not because we're trying to get something to be done, because it's already done. And that's why we're excited. The song says, I believe in you. Not I believe in my ability. Not I believe in what I think. Not I believe in what the preacher's about to say. I believe in you. I believe in what you've already done. I believe in what you promised. I believe in you. And when it doesn't look like it's going to work out, you're the God of miracles. You can do what can't be done. And then the good news is, you've already done it. And so that affects me on the inside. I can't be reminded of that type of thing and just sit still. Not if I'm a believer. Not if I'm a believer. Now, if I'm a thinker or if I'm a maybeer, it doesn't really move me too much because I don't know if I really believe that. But if I believe it's done, I shout hallelujah. If I believe it's done, I lift my hands and thank them. If I believe it's done, I let my mouth reflect that because I trust in the one who did it. He is God. He is the Alpha and Omega. He is our creator. He's not a man that he should lie. It is done. Your trouble days are over because of what Jesus did. And I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. And it's done. All is well in my life. Now somebody says, don't you mean all is well in our lives? I can't believe for you. I'm telling you what I know is true for my life. Now it's up to you if you want to get on board as a believer. I believe he's done it for you, but do you believe? I said, do you believe? Then you ought to stand to your feet and you ought to let your God know how much you believe in him. 
you ought to let him know how much you trust him, how much you depend on him, how much you're going to wait for him, knowing that it is done. See, this is about you working out your salvation with him. No longer will we do the thing of you're going to, you're going to, you know, I, if, if the pastor get it, then I get it. I, 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 I would love to tell you that's true, but that's no more true than a 21-year-old who's trying to still be off of mom and dad's faith. Amen? It's for you to believe what he's done in your life. He's the God of miracles. And, and I, 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 if I was you, I'd be tired of seeing it happen for everybody else and not manifest yet in my life sitting up there trying to figure out what else do I need to do to get this thing done in my life. I got to believe it's finished. I got to believe it's done. And then understand that my performance is not about getting it done, but my performance happens after the fact that I show him and tell him, sorry, tell him that I believe and my performance is birthed out of that. Your praise is the performance showing God that you believe him. That's why praise steals the avenger. That's why praise defeats the enemy. Because to praise, to actually stand and, and raise your hands and open up your mouth, you're telling that mind that we believe God. And we're going to act like it. We're going to talk like it. And all of a sudden, your mind is flooded with the truth of God's word and the enemy's words are ejected and he is defeated as a result. So, so we need to get our praise back on. And understanding that it's not just an activity that we do because it's that part of the service, but it is a performance that is done due to my relationship with him and my belief in his word that what he said has come to pass in my life in Jesus' name. When somebody said, well, it hadn't come to pass yet, I need you to understand that there is a spiritual realm where things have already been done and there is no time and distance in that spirit. And as a result of what's happening in the spirit, I declare and decree that whatever is happening on heaven it's happening right here on earth for me. So I call it down. I bring it down with my confession. I bring it down with my praise. And I don't let nothing that the enemy says stop me from knowing that he is God and I believe in him. And, and that's, that's what this whole thing is about. As I have relationship with him, my, somebody said, well, well when are we going to do communion? You got dog it. I don't even have it up here. You're living the body and the blood. That's what we're talking about. All of that is available because of what those little communion elements are about. We got to be careful that we just don't get all these religious uh, habits because oh, it's, this is how we praise, this is how we drink communion, this is how we... I need something living. And then I'll do the, the, the sacrament. I'll do that sacrament. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying we got to be careful. I'm just saying we got to be careful not to sit there and just go through these motions. And then we're coming in hurt. We're going out hurt. We're coming in broke. We're going out broke. We're coming in sick. We're going out sick. Not, not another day. We got to stop for a second and pause and say, what do you believe? We got to stop for a second and say, who you with? And if you know who you with and you know what you believe, then manifestation is yours right now. You don't got to hype yourself up for it. 
It's yours. It's yours. And you got to believe it and then stand on that. And then all this word that we give goes to strengthen your understanding and your, your belief in, in what is already said and true. But then there's something even deeper. That's when you go home and get in relationship with him on a more intimate level. Not just a Sunday and Wednesday thing. It's a daily intimacy with him and this word. And, and I don't know what to study. Study what you're hearing from the pulpit. And then it'll take you deeper and deeper and deeper. And that confidence will grow and grow and grow. And the only reason why you're getting the confidence is so that you can just simply stand on what it says. You're not getting the confidence to make something happen. You're getting the confidence so that you can stand in joy, stand in peace, stand in patience until the thing manifests in the natural. But it's already done. It's already done. Everything that concerns you is good and it's done. Why? Because God created you. You are his child. And the last time I checked, everything he created in Genesis was ended with, and it was good. He blessed you. Oh, what about the law? What about the fall of man? What about Jesus? What about the blood? What about the covenant of grace? You were restored right back to that good place. You are the righteousness of God, and there is nothing, there is nothing that will separate you from his love. So you just stand. When you're weak, stand. His grace is what's sufficient for you. I hear what you're saying, Pastor Archie, but I can't do it. Now you're getting it. You absolutely can't do it. You need a Savior. You need his blood. You need what grace supplies, and it will supernaturally take you to where you need to be, help you do what you need to do, help you say what you need to say, even help you feel what you need to feel. He said he'll even change your want-tos if you'll submit them to him, because sometimes you just don't even want to do his will. But he said, I will literally change you from the inside out. You've got a father who has done it all. And all you've got to do is believe. I want those words to mean something to us. When we say, I believe in you, we're, that's the summary of the whole thing. He wants relationship with us because he wants some folks that believes him. Believe I'll do you good. Believe I love you. Believe I'll take care of you. Believe I've already healed you. Believe I'll pay the rent. Believe I'll mend the marriage. Believe I'll help you get increase and promote. Believe that all is well. That's, that's what he wants. And so when I hear believe, I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. That's not a normal situation. That's not business as usual. You're the God of miracles. But you're also the God who just gets it done. You know, I don't have to live my life by miracles, by the way. I don't have to, and that's not, that wasn't designed for the daily life of a believer. The daily life of a believer is just supposed to be, it's done. God's not trying to take you up to the edge of miraculous manifestation every day. 
that's often reserved for the people who need to learn how to trust him and learn how to see him and then know he's real. For the believer, I live in the supernatural. Miracles are a daily part of my walk. Stuff just happens that ain't supposed to happen, but it ain't new to me because I am a son of God and I live in the supernatural. I'm used to seeing things happen in the natural realm that others don't see. Because I already saw it in the spirit when I spent time with God. So I'm not surprised that it happened. As a matter of fact, it doesn't seem so miraculous to me because I'm like, that's what's supposed to happen. But for those who don't know, yeah, yeah, they're just finding out he's the God of miracles. But for you, he's not just the God of miracles. He's your father, Abba, who loves you. Yeah, he's my God, but he's my father. I, I have a little bit more intimate relationship with him than just him being God. It's like my children, I, I'm, I'm pastor of this church, but I'm also dad. As just pastor, there's, there's, there's a certain thing that comes out. But then when dad comes on the scene and, and there's a more intimate relationship with him, there's conversations that are had on, on a different place and at a different level. There's provision. There's things I do for them that I may not necessarily do for y'all. It ain't that I don't love you, but that's my, those are my kids. You're his child. You're his children. Stop just stopping at God. You have access to something way more intimate. You have access to something way more special. You have access to something way more potent and powerful. The enemy's trying to trick you just to stop at God. He's the God of miracles, and that's it for you. He's just, no, he's Abba Father. I want to, I want to know him more intimately, like, intimately like that. And then it'll go beyond just miracles, and it'll be just a regular manifestation. I don't know who that was for, but I tell you what, you better receive it. Because if you won't, I will. Father God, we thank and praise you. You are the God of miracles, but you are also our Father to us. We believe, we receive, all that you have for us in Jesus name if you greet that say amen. amen come on give God a hand clap of praise take your seats somebody said was that the message no no you know but but we gonna we gonna be real quick because there's not a whole lot I want to add to that amen is it okay just to flow with the Holy Spirit because that's that's all we gonna do that's all we gonna do but I believe for many of us, what we just heard was exactly what we needed to hear. Exactly what we needed to hear. Sometimes you just need to be charged up. And that's the beauty of what Dr. Donald and Pastor Tappy have done with these fellowship churches, allowing each, indiv uh, each individual church to have facilitators and ministers who can pause the agenda and just speak what God is saying for that place. You can't get that nowhere else but for where God told you to be, amen? Let me say that too. Uh, I'm feeling led to say, we talked about this a little bit in the class this morning about being where God told me to be. And imagine if God 
told you to be here today because something special was going to happen like what just happened. But instead of waiting for God and doing what he said to do, you instead made a decision to be somewhere else. So imagine if that represents world changes over there and the word came forth, but you were over here. Then what happens? The word went out. The answer went out. The encouragement that you need, the, the main thing you needed went out. But where were you, what, what happens to you? You end up missing it. So that's why I say, when we say we believe God, that goes right with what we're about to talk about here in a second. That also means I'm willing to wait for him. Amen. And not take any action without him, amen? We'll do communion here at the end. Y'all don't let me forget, wave it at me. Uh, but let's go ahead and just dive right into this. Father God, we thank and praise you for this, another opportunity to minister to these, your precious sheep. Lord, I thank you that revelation knowledge continues to flow freely, uninterrupted and unhindered by any satanic or demonic force. I thank you that you are speaking through my vocal cords, thinking through my mind. None of me, absolutely all of you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Go with me really quickly to John chapter 1. John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. All things were made by him, and without him, there was not anything made that was made. This is saying very clearly, he is the creator. And getting right to the point, if he is the creator, as the creation, how crazy would it be for me to try to walk out life without receiving instructions from the one who made me? It didn't say he made some things. It says if it was made, he made it. If it was created, he's the creator. Are you made? Are you made? Then you're made by him, amen? Verse 4 says, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. The Amplified for verse 4 says, in him was life, but that life has a capital L. In him was life, and the life was the light, capital L, of men. Verse 5, and the light, capital L, shines on in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered the light. It has never overpowered it. It has never put it out or absorbed it or appropriated it and is unreceptive to it. In God, who was the creator, was Jesus. And Jesus, when you study this out, he is the light that exposes to us and gives us understanding of who God is. We talked about this before in Hebrews. It says that Jesus was the perfect expression of the image of God. Amen. If I want to understand the heart of God, all I got to do is look at who? Jesus. 
He illuminates my understanding. I didn't understand. I didn't know before. Uh, and Therefore, I didn't trust. Therefore, I didn't believe. Why? Because I, I couldn't see who he was. I, I had no representation of him. But then Jesus came, and he literally died on the cross for me. Why? Because he loved me. He sacrificed for me. He laid it all on the line for me. And that is a perfect expression of the image of God. In spite of my sin, in spite of my issues, in spite of my rejection, he still laid it all on the line for me. And that's what God has done for us. And in understanding what Jesus did, you'll understand who God is. And you don't have to worry about misunderstanding. You don't have to worry about the enemy coming and stealing that understanding because when you have rested your belief on Jesus and what he's done, the word says that darkness cannot overpower him. It never has. And it, nothing has put that light of understanding out. And don't be surprised when it rejects that understanding. People who are rejecting the, the, the truth of the gospel of grace or rejecting Jesus, uh, I'm not surprised because they're in darkness. But once you get understanding of what he did, once you get understanding of the gospel of grace, that's why we say in all that getting get understanding. Once you get that understanding, there's no undoing it. Now you can reject it, you can ignore it, but you understand. I don't know about you, but I'm a believer and I'm always sticking to what I understand. Another thing I saw in this is I cannot understand God or his will without Jesus Christ. Now, he's the image. He's the, he's the light. He's the thing. He's not, not the thing. He's the one that gives us illumination into who God is. So if I know God, I can know God's will. But if I do not know Jesus, I will not know God. And if I do not know God, I will not know his will. Does that make sense? Now, the only way I can be successful in life is by knowing and understanding the will of God. Go to uh, Joshua chapter 1, uh, I think it's verse 8 real quick, and then we'll come back to uh, John. Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, yeah. This book of the law shall not depart of thy mouth, but you will meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written within it. For then, there's that time word. Now when, what did it have to do before this? Be in the word. I need to be in my word. Now somebody said, well, this is Old Testament. This is talking about the law. It's the, the, the principle is still the same. It's the word. Now this is talking about that Old Testament law in that sense. Because that's how God spoke back then. Put your finger there real quick. Let me show you. Go to Exodus 21. Exodus 20, verse 1. Read this with me off the screen. Ready? Read. Then God spoke all these words. And then he begins to list the entire law. So Joshua was saying, this book of the law, this, this is the way when God speaks, if you meditate on his word, spend time with his word, and do his word, that's how you have success. That indeed was the old way of doing it based on the law, but the principle remains the same under grace. If I spend time with God, if I spend time with Jesus, who is the word, 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So now, this is no longer the covenant of the Word that I'm spending time with, because that's the old covenant, that's the old law. Now, he who is grace, who is Jesus, who is the Word, is who I now spend time with. It's who I now get my understanding from. Why? Because he is the image of the expression of God. He is the one showing me the will of God. He is the one illuminating all this to me. So now I'm not spending time with the old covenant. Go back to Joshua. But I'm spending time with the new covenant. I'm spending time with grace. I'm spending time with the word who is need, as John 1, 1 shows me, is Jesus. Why aren't you? I don't know if I fully believe that. Well, we'll we'll address that in a minute. It says, for then you shall make your way what? Prosperous, and then you shall deal wisely, and you shall have good success. Success comes from spending time in the Word. Now, let's go back to John 1. Let's go back to John 1. Let's look at verse 10. Uh, let's look at this in the, go to the E, I think the ERV version. It says, the word was already where? The word was already where? In the world. Interesting. Now, the word is what I need to be successful, right? The word is indeed Jesus, and it is indeed God, and as, if I spend time with the word, I will be successful. And here it says, your, your way to be successful is already here. The word was in the world. The world was made what? Through him, or by him in one version. But the world did not, here's the solution, didn't know him. This whole year, we've been talking about knowing God. Why? Because knowing him is your key to success. The title of this message is How to Wait on the Lord. How do I wait on the Lord? Because we only got a few minutes. Knowing God. Not knowing him is to not know his word. And to not know his word is to not know his will. And to not know his will is to then be dependent upon what I think. Verse 11. He came to the world that was what? His own. And his own people, now here's what we got to be careful of, did not accept him. I'm looking for another way. I understand what you're saying, Archie, about waiting for the Lord and, and getting with the word, but I'm looking for another way. I don't accept that as my primary way. And that's what waiting for him is all about. It's making him the priority. I won't, I won't accept any other way. I won't accept any other human, human help. I won't accept any other aid. I'm going to wait for the Lord and what he tells me to do. Amen. Well, just, just, pick up, just pick up the Bible and randomly pick a scripture and then just stand on it. No, this is the sword of the Spirit. And the Spirit will dictate to me how to use his sword. See, the devil will even mess with you and be putting negative words in you. Just, just believe this. No, no, no. I want to believe what he tells me. I want to apply what he says. I'm going to wait for him to tell me, Lord, what, what, what should we do? Hey, pick up that message from the other day and look at this, that, and the other, and then go to the scripture. Da, da. Yeah, there it is, Lord. I'm going to stand on this. It says it's, it's, and what's interesting about this verse right here says his own people. This is talking to folks who are supposed to be believers. This is talking to religious folk. This is talking to people who say they got a relationship with him. 
Be careful. It's so easy to say we're Christians and say we're believers and not prioritize him and accept what he says. Verse 12. It says, but some people did accept him. What's the definition of accepting him? It says it right here in the next part of that scripture. They believed in him. If I say I accept God, if I say I'm going to wait for the Lord, then I believe him above anything else. I believe him above anything else. I believe him above what they say. I believe him above what I see. I believe him above what I feel. I believe him above what I smell. I believe him above what I, what I touch. I believe him above these senses. I don't go with a carnal mindset. I believe him with the spiritual understanding that he is true. He is grace. Uh, he is the truth that is grace. He is, he is. And I believe him. And when I do that, I can look forward to the fact that I am a child of God. It says they believed him. The only condition for salvation. And they believed him. The only condition for sonship. And they believed him. And he gave. Who? Those who believed the right to become children of God. Did you know you have a right to be a child of God if you are a believer? Verse 13. They became God's children. Now, there's something interesting between that and the scripture right before. Go back to 12. 12 says we have the right to become the children of God. Didn't say you are yet. I believe I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. I believe in you. But has the miracle happened yet? Uh-uh. I believe in you. You're the God of miracles. Five years later, I believe in you. 20 years later, I believe in you. I'm still waiting for you to do the miracle. <laughs> but what's happening? You believed it. But verse 13 ain't happened yet. You haven't received it. You can have the right to the miracle. You got the right to the blessing. But until you pick it up and take what's yours, you'll be just sitting there believing. When you believe something, you take it. When you believe something, you receive it. When you believe something, you don't doubt it. You take action. What do you believe? I can show you belief by showing you your actions. Whatever you are doing is what you're giving your belief to. Whatever you're speaking, that's just a direct reflection of your believing. What do you believe? If I say this, this, this $20 is yours, <laughs> what do you believe? Thank you. What, 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 why, does, why does she? I think I only had 120 in my pocket. <laughs> Thank you. 
And we've done that type of example before. Why is it that so few move when something is right before them? Well, I'll, you know, protocol, I don't want to get up. I got my heels on. Uh, I don't want to trip and fall. What if somebody else beat me to it? Uh, you know, and, then, and we do all this reasoning. And that reasoning causes us to not wait for God, but to wait for comfortable circumstances. One $20 bill, 120 or so of you. Who wants it? Who believes it's theirs? Who's going to come and get it? Pastor Melissa says, I got a 20. I believe it's yours. And somebody says, it's mine. Don't know where it's coming from, but it's coming. Am I ready? Do I believe? Somebody said, yeah, just throw one more up. I'll run everybody over to get it. But, but there's even something in that. As we see it start to happen in others' lives, we don't hate on them. We get ready because we next. That's what believers do. I look at what's happening in other lives, and, and then I can, help, I can overcome now because of the blood of the Lamb, which makes it available to me, but also their testimony. Look what God did for them. So there's the believing that gives you the right, but then there's the receiving. Go to verse 13. There's the receiving that brings it into actual reality. Verse 13, y'all got 13 back there? Yeah, they became God's children. But not the way babies are usually born. <laughs> it was not because of any human desire or plan. What he's talking about is, for normal babies to be born, it takes the effort of two human beings, if you know what I mean. But he says, this is not the effort of a man and a woman coming together. This is by me, God. This is not by their desires or plans. It's by my plan. They were born from God himself. You were born from God himself. When you are born again, it is from God himself. Why does that matter? Because he's perfect. That, he's, he, he's a completer. There is no incompletion. There is 100% reliance upon him instead of upon any other thing or any other person. He is my creator. He is my father. And it all comes from him. Can I be really honest with you? It's what we've been talking about on midweek service in the Marriage Made by One series. It don't come from my husband. It don't come from my wife. It don't come from my boyfriend or girlfriend. It don't come from none of these relationships. It comes from him. And if I can get whole with him, if I can get one with him, if I can be at peace with him, then when I do get in this relationship, then when I do get in this marriage, I don't need your approval. I don't need you to make me feel secure because I am secure in him. Now, that don't mean I'm mean to you or, or flipping with you or whatever like that. That just means I now have so much of him flowing through me that I am overflowing with him and I can give all that to you. And that's a healthy marriage. When both those people are so at one with God that they don't need each other to give each other anything, but they benefit 
from the relationship that the other spouse has with the Lord. So I'm overflowing with love. You're overflowing with love. We just got so much love, and then it's getting all over the kids, and this is just a house full of love, and so we got so much love flowing in this house, we need to go give it to somebody else because we don't have room to contain all this love. So let's go to the church, and let's give this love out to people at the church. And then we found all the church people are actually spiritually mature, and they're overflowing with love. So then the entire church gets together and says, you know what, we need to take this out there because we got too much of it in here. And so all of a sudden, now the sons of God and the daughters of God are being manifested because the families, the individuals overflowing with this love. The families overflowing with this love. The church is overflowing with this love. Then the community starts overflowing with this love. And then we take this thing all over the world. Then we take it on the road for him. That's what his children who are born of him are able to do. Verse 14. The word, capital W, talking about Jesus, became a man and lived amongst us. We saw his divine greatness, the greatness that belongs to the only son of the father. The word was full of grace and truth. The, the, the truth is grace. And that grace is Jesus. The word was full of grace and truth. The word is not lying to you. The word is not... Can I say that? Yeah, if it's full of grace and truth. The word is not condemning you. Grace doesn't condemn you. There's therefore not no condemnation, Romans 8, 1, to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the spirit, but after the flesh. It's not saying to walk after the flesh is a condition. It's saying when you are in Christ Jesus, you will be spirit-led. People read that and they read it as that a condition. You are only not condemned if you don't walk in the flesh. No, you're reading that the wrong way. You're reading that through the eyes of the law, through the lens of grace. What it is, really is saying is, is because you are in Christ Jesus, you will walk after the Spirit. So if you're struggling walking after the Spirit, i got to back up and ask you who you really with. What's your understanding? Because I know that I'm with him, and this word is not judging me guilty. He, as uh, Michael said so well, he has already went to court on your behalf was found guilty when he had done nothing wrong, went and paid the penalty, did the bid, did the tithe. You ain't put no money on the books. You didn't do nothing. And he did it all. And then here you come showing up to court talking about, I'm turning myself in for what he's already taken care of. They will politely look at you and say, that case has already been tried, and you were found not guilty. Oh, somebody got found guilty for the crime, but it wasn't you. Somebody already paid the price, but it ain't going to be you. You can try to pay the price, but it's already paid. The word, who is Jesus, he's not sitting there trying to judge you like that. Archie, why is that important when it comes to waiting for God? Because the enemy wants you to believe that you owe him something. And you ever seen somebody who owes somebody a few bucks? especially when they ain't got it, what do they do? They avoid that person. 
And when you look at yourself and say, it's too much for me to pay. I've been trying to change and I can't change. Uh, I've been trying to work this out, but I keep messing up. You then begin to avoid the presence of God because I can't pay you back. I, I honor you and I love you and I respect you so much that I'm just going to stay out of church for right now. I'm just going to not pray for right now. Or I don't want to get in the word because it reminds me of what I owe you. Because you're looking at it through the wrong lens. The price has already been, already been paid. You are forgiven. His word is full of grace and what? Truth. So now all you got to do is believe it and then receive it. And once you've believed it and once you've received it, now he's Lord. Now he's Savior. Now he's Master. So now life begins to happen and then we go to Isaiah 40, 31. Let's look at this in the Amplified. This is what happens when you have two cups of coffee. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Isaiah 40, 31. Uh, yeah, Amplified, yeah. But those who wait for who? For the Lord. Now, here's what that means. Who expect, look for, and hope. That word hope also means expect in him not requiring human aid not looking at, at any other the senses it's I'm expecting from him I'm looking for him in his direction I'm expecting or hoping only in him those folks shall change shall change and do what renew their strength and power what's power the ability to get results they shall lift their wings and mount up close to God. As eagles mount up to the sun, they shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not become faint or tired. But who does that? Those who expect God. Those who look for him. Those who look towards him. Go to Psalms, uh, verse 62, starting at verse 1, and let's stay in the Amplified. Psalm 62, verse 1. It says, for who? For who? Let's read this together, as a matter of fact. Ready, read. For God alone, my soul waits in silence. From him comes my salvation. What? For God alone, my soul waits how? In silence. Some of us need to learn a vocabulary of silence. Where we learn how to just quiet ourselves and steal ourselves and wait for God to put the words in our mouth. Wait for God to tell us what to say or what to do. I know you got good ideas and I know you see how it can work out, but, but I'm just going to wait in silence. And it's not just about shutting up. It's about having this peace that may indeed pass all understanding that I can just wait. Don't you know they said they're about to evict you? Yeah, I'm evict you. <laughs> yeah, but I'm just going to wait here. Because that's what God said to do. Verse 2. He is, he only is my rock and my salvation, my defense and my fortress. I shall not be greatly moved. I shall not, I shall not be moved. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I am not going to be moved. Not in my mind, not in my actions, not in any way, shape, form, or fashion. Why? Because I am firmly fixed on him. He is my foundation 
He doesn't crack. He doesn't sink. He doesn't fall apart. Christ is my rock on which I stand. Now you know where all these songs come from. There's some good ones out there we don't sing no more. Verse 3. How long will you set upon a man that you may slay him? All of you, like a leaning wall, like a tottering fence, something unstable. Verse 4. They only consult to cast him down from his height to dishonor him. They delight in lies. They bless with their mouths, but they curse inwardly. Selah. Selah. Salah, however you say it. Pause and calmly think on that. Verse 5. My soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, I wait only upon God. Why my soul? Because my spirit's good to go. My spirit understands the truth. Actually, grace and truth lives on the inside of me. My body's going to go wherever this mind tells it. It's telling you right there, how do you wait on God? Get your mind right. We did a whole series on getting my mind right. What, and it all boiled down to the, what, what, what does getting my mind right mean? Wait for God. Choose to say he's the priority. He's the one with the answers. My soul wait only upon God and silently submit to him. If I'm going to wait for the Lord, I have to be submissive to the will of God. For my hope and my expectation are from him. Do you understand that? Let's keep going. Verse 6. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense and my fortress. What does it say? So it's painting this picture that if we're waiting on God, we're not all emotional and all over the place. Now look straight ahead. We won't know it's you. But if I come across a believer who is just overly emotional, crying and freaking out and this, that, and the other, non-stop. non-stop. That's the key thing. This habitual emotionalism that can happen and take place. You're being moved. You're not fixed on the word from the Lord. And if you want to get that under control, you have to make a choice to say, God, you are where my salvation comes from. You are the one who defends me. You are the one that I can hide in and rest in. And that, as you get your mind right in that area, will cause you to not be, as James talked about, double-minded. The double-minded man can't can't receive nothing from God because the double-minded man is not waiting for God. The double-minded man is all over the place, and and God is like, I got it for you. And it's like God throws the football, and the double-minded man is, is here and there, and he just keeps missing the pass. I was like, I got the answers, I got the wisdom, I got the stuff for you, but when I throw it to you, you over there. Instead of just being silently fixed in the spot where you can receive everything from me. Verse 7. With God rests my salvation and my glory. With who? With God. God has my salvation. God has my glory. It's with him. So how do I get it from him? Go to him. (laughs) Go to him. We're back to spending time with God. He is my rock of unyielding strength and impenetrable hardness. And my refuge is where? In God. 
Verse 8. Trust in, lean on, rely on, and have confidence in him at all times. Now, just in case you didn't think he was talking to you, he said, you people, pour out your hearts before him. He cares. We're not saying be robots. Pour out your hearts before him. God is a refuge for us, a fortress, and a high tower. Then it says again, Selah, pause, and calmly think of that. They that wait for the Lord, waiting for God just simply means, what do I want from the Lord? Lord, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? How should I live this life? If we're waiting for him, I am saying, any decision I need to make, Lord, what do you say about it? Waiting for him is understanding that God is the source that I am dependent upon when I'm waiting for him. I see him as the source. I don't say I'm going to wait for the Lord to tell me something, but I'm still working a plan in the background. Lord, I believe you, uh, and I have a peace that you're telling me to wait for you with this financial situation, and then the days start getting closer. Maybe I should go get a cash advance check real quick just to, you know, just in case. I got three days before I'm supposed to pay it back without penalty. So let me go work another plan. Let me get on the phone and call such and such. Let me do this. No, no, no. You, you, you understand that he is your only way. He is your only source. And I'm going to calmly wait for him to give me the way. As soon as I initiate waiting for the Lord, I can expect for something to happen. I got to look to God for consultation. I have to look to God for consultation. I have to rely on God before I pursue any human aid. This is how we wait for the Lord. I hope you're getting this. I expect from God first. Somebody say first. first. When I'm waiting for God. I go to him before, somebody say before. before, before I try to work it out on my own. My attempt to employ human aid is not waiting for God. My attempt to employ human aid is me not waiting for him. You need something, I'm just going to go ask the church. Well, did God tell you to do that? It's fine to ask the church, but did God tell you to do that? I'm an employing human aid. I'm going to call my mama and ask her for, for a loan. I'm going to call my dad and ask for some advice. I'm going to call my best friend and see what they would do. No, no, no. Don't employ human aid before you've got with God. That's how you wait for him. Because when you begin to employ human aid, you can find yourself getting in God's way. See, this is very practical. It's, just, it's, it's for daily decisions that will lead you to that manifestation of the goodness of grace in your life. Amen? Amen? We have to learn how to get out of God's way, and when we get out of God's way, then we can have a sweatless victory. I said when we can get out of God's way, we can have a sweatless victory. I don't know about you, but I've had many of times that I don't got all in the way. All in the way with my smart self. Messed everything up. And then after all the pain because I didn't listen to the word, I then stop <laughs> and cry out, Lord, help me. And because he loves me and he's merciful and he's graceful, he shows up. Well, he, let me correct that. He was already there. I showed up. <laughs> I showed up. You remember Adam, where are you? 
God was there, Adam wasn't. Adam was hiding. Adam was trusting in his own ability. We better make some clothes because we, we, we uncovered. So it's not that he shows up, it's we show up where we were supposed to be. It's like the kid who was supposed to be home at midnight and it's 1230 and the parents are like, where are you at? You, you show up where you're supposed to be at. And then God says, now we can have this merciful conversation. So, so I, I don't employ any human aid and when I sit down, then God can basically stand up and get to work for me. We rest in the favor of God's grace. Here's a few quick examples of folks who waited on God. This is very familiar with Noah. Noah waited for God, didn't he? Absolutely. Because if Noah listened to the people, he wouldn't have built the ark. And if he didn't build the ark, what would have simply happened to Noah? He'd have died. <laughs> Noah waited for God. He was told to build the ark. He was to keep faith until it rained. Noah waited, some don't know this, over a hundred years for something he had possibly never seen before, which was rain. Do you understand the faith that it had to take? Do you understand the expectation that it had to take? Do you understand the trust that it had to take? To 100 years? Some of y'all are like, you got 100 seconds before I'm about to be out. It, 100 years? That gives us the right understanding and perspective of, of what we're talking about when we say waiting for the Lord. Through that experience, Noah gained much. He gained salvation for himself and his entire family, meaning he gained safety. They lived. Did you know other people will be blessed by your ability to wait for God? He also learned that God is true to his word. Amen. Job. Now, Job went through all types of crazy stuff. He's described as being a man who was after God's own heart. He's described as being perfect and upright. He lost his children, his material wealth, his health, and his friends. Y'all remember what the friends and even his family were saying to him, his wife. You need to start figuring this out on your own. God, God let you down. But what did God do? He was restored. And it was even greater. Abraham, he was called of God to father a great nation. It took many years and many experiences before he learned to discipline himself and wait for God. He learned, however, through the process that God indeed would keep his promises. How many of you guys know Abraham showed enough, waited. <laughs> he got in the way a few times, but he continued to trust God. And God definitely performed. Even Jesus in the New Testament waited on God's will. The disciples waited in the upper room. What did Jesus say? Don't go nowhere, don't do nothing until the Holy Spirit comes. Wait for God. Don't take any action. Don't, don't try to go do any work. Don't try to go preach. Don't try to go do nothing until you receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you and then you'll get to work. But wait. Not waiting, on, not waiting for God ends up positioning us wrongly in our relationship with God. As I said earlier, this is why God asked Adam uh, who he had relationship with, where are you? 
He said, you didn't wait for me. You didn't, you didn't trust me. You didn't depend on me. Now, God, was he not love when he was in the garden? He was still love. I don't think God was yelling at Adam at that point. I think he was like, dude, where are you at? Why are you not trusting me no more? Why are you not waiting for me? What happened? I'll forgive you, but what's up? Where are you at? But Adam was, got so stuck in the self-effort, and he was headed down a path. And then he began to confess things that weren't true. We were naked. And so I hid because I was afraid. And what did, what did God say? God didn't say, you sure enough are naked. God said, who told you you were naked? He said, when you wait for me, you go by my definitions. Who told you you were sick? Who told you you were broke? Who told you it ain't going to work? I know that's what it looks like, but keep your hands to yourself. Don't try to go fix nothing. Don't try to go cover up what I've blessed. Don't, don't try to go make something happen. You let me define. I call you the healed. I call you at peace. I call you forgiven. I call you a receiver of my mercy. I say what is. And if you wait for me, you'll have sweatless victory. There's no work to be done and you will experience my goodness. But you got to be willing to get out the way and wait for me. The Bible is full of examples of individuals who did, and in some cases did not, wait for the Lord. And so how do I wait for God? I trust him. I simply trust him. Go with me to the scripture, and then we'll, we'll close, and then we'll kind of pick up on this. Uh, Jeremiah 29, and we'll read this out of the Amplified first. Jeremiah 29, verse 13. Are you getting something out of this today? Amen. Amen. Jeremiah 29, 13, and we'll go to verse 14. It says, then you will seek me, you will inquire for and require. Seek just doesn't mean to, to, to hide and go seek with God. Where you at, Lord? Where you at? No, you're going to inquire. What did, what did you say, Lord? What did your word say? Oh, that's what your word says? I'm requiring that from you. That's what seeking is about. Your word says this, I now request, require, I'm turning in my order for what you said I have. Then you will seek me as a vital necessity. Now here's a promise. And find me when you search for me with all your heart. When you, when you search for me, when you turn over your mind to the truth and the fact that I got your answer, when you submit that to me, you're going to look for me, you're going to ask stuff for me, and guess what? You got it. Verse 14. I will, not I may, I will be found by you, says the Lord. And I will release you from captivity and gather you from all the nations and all the places to which I have driven you, says the Lord. I will bring you back to the place from which I caused you to be carried away captive. Here's what I need you to understand. The promise is that God will be found when we seek him with all our heart, with, my, with all of our mind, with all of our will, with all of our emotions. Uh, when we invest everything in looking towards him first, the promise is, is that love, who never fails, will be found by you. I encourage you today, I implore to you today, I challenge you today to begin to wait for the Lord in everything. 
that concerns your life. And I declare in Jesus' name over your life, sweatless victory. Going from glory to glory. Not because of what you do, but simply because of who you are and who you are is based on who he is. You're a child of God and the son of God. Jesus has given you full access to him. So, Father, we thank you right now. And we choose to pause any and all activity to ensure that we've had, through our intimate fellowship with you, that we haven't had direction. And I thank you for clear understanding, clear ears for every believer. And we receive all that you have for us. We receive the manifestation of your grace. We receive the blessing. We receive what's ours, our inheritance as your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Come on and give God a hand clap of praise for that. <laughs> praise God. If you have those communion elements, go ahead and pull them out real quick. Now this is how all of that is available to us. This body, this bread represents the body. He became sin so we didn't have to. There's a few hands around in the place. He became sin so we didn't have to. He became sickness, so we didn't have to experience that. And as a result, you're healed, you're whole. So, Father God, we thank you for this. We believe it. We receive it. We declare it. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, if you agree with that, you may eat. And, Lord, we thank you for the blood the blood that cleanses, the blood that washes. Oh, the powerful blood of Jesus that is too powerful to just cover sins. It eradicates them. It makes them no more. So I declare no more faith in the life of every believer that they truly believe that their sins are completely no more, that they're completely forgiven, that they're completely cleansed and completely washed away. And that your righteousness is done in their life. That Jesus has done a complete work. We receive that today through the blood. In Jesus' name, you may drink. And so, Father, we'll be careful to give you all the glory, honor, and praise for this victory in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. 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 Ushers, thank you for being so fluent and quick for quadruple duty. <laughs> amen. Uh, let's sow. Let's sow. Let's sow. Let your sowing be an example of your worship. Let your sowing be an example of your thanksgiving. I don't have a whole lot to say to you other than do what the Holy Spirit tells you to do. Thank Him with your giving. Praise Him with your giving. Show Him that you trust Him. Show Him that you're waiting for Him. Don't start employing all this reasoning and this rhyme to it. What do he say to do? Just do it. Trust him. Just practice. Uh, like somebody said in our ministerial class earlier, just practice disciplining yourself just to trust and obey. 
for no other reason than just to mold that mind and that understanding to get used to just doing what he says. Because I wait for him, but then when he tells me to move, I got to have the discipline to obey. We talked about today just how to slow down and wait for him. There's a whole other message on now when he tells you <laughs> what to do, have the discipline to do it. So just do what he says today. Now he loves you even if you don't do it. But I want to be that mature believer. I want to be that son that's manifesting his goodness, that is able to say, Lord, this is yours because you told me to give it. I trust you. So let's take that offering or your phones, if that's how you give. Let's lift it up before God. Father, we thank and praise you for this seed that we're sowing. In obedience to what you said to do, we waited for you, and now you answered us, and we're walking out in faith what your word said. And we thank you for the harvest that this brings into the life of those in this ministry, those outside of these walls, those in our community, those in this world. We speak even to their lives, and we call them blessed as a result of the seeds that we're sowing. We call them prosperous as a result of this seed that we're sowing. And we give you all the glory out and praise for it in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. amen. Ushers, you may again serve the people. As they're doing it, if you're in this room and you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, man, all this applies to you. He died for you, but now you have to believe it and receive it. Don't be the person that has the word in front of them and you choose not to accept it. Accept the word on today. Accept Christ on today. Or if you're in this room and you don't have the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, I told you that the Bible says that's when we receive our power. I've got salvation and I have grace and I have all of that. But when the Holy Spirit comes upon me, I now have the ability to go out and be used by God. If you don't have that, one of the evidences that the Holy Spirit is upon you is the ability to speak in tongues. So that's why we say baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So if you want that grace gift, then we invite you down as well. And last but not least, if you want to join this great church that teaches the word and loves God and knows how to wait for him and all that we do, then we'd love to have you here. And so I've called for three things, salvation, baptism of the Holy Spirit, or to join this church. If you would say yes on any one of those things, we want to invite you down to the front. I'm going to ask everybody really quickly to stand to your feet. Let's minister to those who are around us. See if they need prayer for any one of those things. If they would say yes, help them come down to the front. If they're good to go, high-five them, hug them, love on them, and praise God together. Let's do that right now. Amen. and minds clear? Amen. Let's give God praise one more time for our sister who's come down. Stretch your hands towards her as we pray for her. Father God, we thank you for our sister, Lord, and we thank you for all that she came to receive. We thank you that by your word, by your grace, uh, by Jesus, Father God, she'll be able to maintain it, Father. Uh, we thank you right now that she uh, has all that she needs according to your word, and we thank you that as she goes and learns more, even more on whatever it is that she come for, she's also able to retain it. And so we give you all the glory, honor, and praise for it in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Amen. Sister, go ahead and follow our sister out to the back room. She'll just spend a few moments with you. Amen. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise.
where you are blessed. And um, believe God. Continue to believe God. Continue to believe in God. And then just wait for him. I want you to practice just wait for him. Don't raise your hand, but some of us just practice silently waiting for him. Amen? And then watch what he does. Come back testifying about it next week. Amen? Um, enjoy this week's uh, midweek services. Uh, I think uh, Wednesday here, Thursday out at the uh, South location. Uh, we're having a good time, man. We're just having a good time in the Word. If you say, man, I, I'm, I'm on the other side of town. I can't make it. Uh, log on into the YouTube uh, thing. It's, it's live there in both locations, and we're just doing that. Everything's not always perfect all the time, but we want to make sure you get this Word. Amen? Uh, and just are able to be with where your church is at and what God is saying. So thank you guys for allowing us to serve you. Uh, Pastor Melissa and I love you. Dr. Donovan, Pastor Taffy love you. And we just thank you for uh, just being a part of what God is doing here. Amen? Amen. Let's raise our hands. Father God, we thank and praise you. We trust you. We promise to wait on you this week, Lord. We promise to wait on you for the rest of our lives. And we give you all the glory out and praise for all that you have already done. Now unto you, Jesus, who was able to keep us from falling and present us faultless before the Almighty God. To you be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forever. As we leave this place, we leave in you who is grace. In Jesus' name, in your name, amen. 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 We love you guys so much. You are dismissed.